Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. All right. So a familiar spirit is a demon. It channels through an individual passing spiritually illegal information from the spirit world into the natural world. The most deceptive thing about this exchange is that the information could be accurate. It doesn't mean it's always accurate, but it comes from a demonic source. Okay, now he's going to tell us the word familiar spirit comes from a Hebrew word O-W-B. It is one who invokes the dead or one who comes into the spirit of another. A familiar spirit surveils people, gathers familiar information, and then channels that information through a host. In the New Testament we see this in Acts 16, 16 through 18. And it's called a spirit of divination. Alright, so let's go there. Acts 16, 16 through 18. They weren't all shocked by this, so it can kind of give us the understanding they saw this a lot. Amen? You know, when we we read the Bible, we're only looking at a few of their days. Amen? We're not looking at day in, day out. The early church lived in all this. We just have enough examples to make us go, oh, wow, Lord, teach me your ways. Show me, Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Okay, so this didn't happen like one time. Amen? This was normal Christianity. That's what the book of Acts is really showing us. All right. Acts 16 and what? Okay. It so happened that as we were going to prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, who was bringing her masters much profit from her fortune telling. She followed after Paul and us. She kept shouting, saying, these men are servants of, of," let me see, Elio. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking to see. This is the. Okay, Um, the most high God. I I read from different translations, so I like to put it in the uh, non-Greek. All right, also, if you go to the literal translation, the slave girl had a P-Y-T-H-O-N-I-C spirit. So so Python, she had a Python spirit that other translations call it the spirit of divination. Um, So you can see there, that they knew she had this. Now, what was one of the things there that points that out? She made money for her masters. Okay, she was a slave. But you could also make money for yourself. So when your heart's not right about the love of money in ministry, if you watch somebody whose ministry has a lot of selfish ambition, and it really is so much about money, there can be a mixture. Amen? And that's a difficult thing for God to get out of our hearts, especially in our nation. Amen? I mean, to get rid of the love of money. And I won't get the whole story. One of the main things that set up for Satan to be able to kill my daughter, or not Satan personally, but a demon, was the love of money in my heart. And 
I had no idea it was there, okay? <laughs> you know, how many get a surprise every now and then when the devil hits you, like, oh, I had no idea that was there. But I was actually, at the time that that was all set up, you can go listen to the spiritual side of, uh, spiritual side of tragedy on our Facebook page or wherever it's at, YouTube. But the bottom line was, God was trying to warn, God did warn me. He told me to break the power of some words I, I let some, um, an insurance man speak over my daughter over my kids. But then he gave me a get rich multi-level marketing plan telling me how gifted, talented I was and how much if I could just get my friends to sell these products that I'd have enough money to be in ministry. Well, right away I see now that, wait, it's not money that opens the door to ministry. God opens the door to ministry. He opens the door first, then he brings the money. But my thinking was wrong because I had a mixture of the love of money. And you see this all throughout the church. Let's be real. When people, whole lifestyle changes. Their whole demeanor changes. Who they hang out with. When everything about them changes because all of a sudden their ministry is successful. It's no different than just wanting wealth and now being a different person. Amen? We got to get the love of money out of our hearts. And so I got a whole teaching on that. But that love of money, which was a generational curse in my family, um, set up for Satan, for the enemy to kill my daughter. And you can read the book and whatever, it's out there somewhere. But it's like, how can you say, because that's what he did. That's how he did it. Amen. It wasn't lack of faith. It was trying to see how I could do this because I knew I was called. I love preaching and teaching. How can I do this and make a lot of money too? How many know that's all over the church? How many know it's guided in to complete movements in the church? How many know you can see Jesus doesn't like that when he goes into the temple and he really, really gets upset and he tears up all the money tables in the temple? Amen? I just don't think for five seconds Jesus is smiling about $200 mission fees to conferences. Amen? I just, I just believe that we need to call things what they are. This is a mini vacation with other Christians. Well, praise God. He didn't say you can't take a mini vacation with other Christians. But if it's really where you want to teach and it's a conference, then you need to really, we need to get this mixture out. Amen. We need to get this mixture out. At the same time, if you go to something and they're only charging 25 and you know you normally would give 200. <laughs> it's like, you know. God's in charge. If your heart's really towards God, you're going to get more usually than what the registration fee is. Amen? And God will take care of all that. How many know he's going to cleanse the house? How many know we're going to watch a lot of this happening and the shaking that's going on now? A lot of churches are going down because what they're doing is for money. Or a mixture. He's going to get the mixture out. That's when he got the mixture out of me. What a hard way to get the mixture out of you. Amen? I had no idea I had greed in my heart. I had no idea how bad it was. I had no idea how it stopped me from obeying the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you Satan can never do something to you that he doesn't have a legal right to do to you because of something in your heart that you probably don't even know is there. Which is why letting Holy Spirit sanctify us and make us holy is so important. And that would take care of a lot of sickness and that would take care of a lot of tragedy and that would take care of a lot of our problems. But we want anything but to actually sit down and have Holy Spirit deal with our heart issues. Amen? All right. So she goes on. 
Um, following after Paul and us, she cried out saying, These men are slaves of the Most High God who are announcing to us a way of salvation. She did this over many days, but becoming distressed and turning to the demonic spirit, Paul said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out from her. And it came out in that same hour. So, right there in deliverance, you use the name of Jesus. Amen? And you have to mean it. You have to know who he is, and you have to tell it to come out. I have to say, he got it out of her without doing any counseling. She didn't have to hear any truth. He just had had it and got it out of her. No, we don't know if it stayed out of her. We don't know. We don't know what happens because this one, you don't hear her. You never see her later, as far as I know, showing up at his meetings. And like you do the woman who had all the demons cast out, Mary, right? Who shows up with the oil and all this and who totally loved him with everything. You don't see that about this girl, do we? So we don't know. But it says, and seeing that the hope, now listen to this, seeing that the hope of their gain went out, they seized Paul and Silas and her, her lords dragged them to the market before the rulers, bringing them near to the magistrate. They said, these men are very much troubling our city, these Jews. They announced customs which is not lawful for us to receive nor to do, they being Romans, or us being Romans. And the crowd rose up against them and tearing off their clothes, the magistrate ordered them to be flogged. They laid on them many stripes. They threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them securely. Put their feet in stocks. This is when they prayed at midnight and the, and the place shook. And we're going to get into all that. But isn't that amazing what they went through when they cast out a demon in the name of Jesus because she was bugging them? And then they get put in prison. They get beat up. They, you know, it, but this is when they're praying in the middle of the night and God does a deliverance. Amen. I think, isn't this the one where the door's open, but he doesn't, nobody leaves and the jailer and his family comes back and they all get saved. So, so God still wins by the time it's all said and done. Amen. But, um, there's so many stories, there's so many truths in here. Amen. Just, you can't, don't have time to teach them all. But I just want, so we don't know for sure if, if it was wise for him to cast them out, but we know one thing, God still wins. But they went through a lot of suffering, but then God wins. And, and it's amazing that Paul wouldn't run out. Amen? How many know Peter ran out, right? When the angel came, he went out. But when Paul and Silas, here you're worshiping God and the prison opens, and they stay in and all the prisoners with them. It's amazing. See, there are no patterns. I think it would take a whole lot more faith <laughs> to stay in there. Once the door's opened. <laughs> right? That would, that would take some maturity to not say, Oh, this is God. Let's go. Do you know what I'm saying? That would really take knowing the heart of God, hearing God. God tell them, don't go. You just open. We just had the... We just had a lot... We were beaten really hard there, Jesus. <laughs> and now you're telling us not to go and not to let any other prisoners go? How many know we got a long way to go to get mature? I mean, how many know the church? I just don't believe for one minute God's going to take us out of all this less than what we see Paul and the early church doing. So can we all get ready for suffering for Christ? But for his glory. Amen. Can we all know we need a heart 
that's more concerned about obeying God when it doesn't even make sense? More than likely, that jailer and his family must have had a powerful impact on that city, more than Paul would have had on that city had he just kept preaching. Mm. See how much we need to be led of the Holy Spirit? Come on, y'all know, we'd all run out that door. And we'd be scared to ever cast another demon out of anybody <laughs> if everybody was watching. Right? But God's going to want us to cast demons out of people, drug dealers, prostitutes. I, I think the church, had better, I think the American church had better grow up. I think we better grow up and really look at some of the stuff that's coming with this next move of God. Amen? I'm not saying that in a sad way. I'm saying it realistic. Let's look at the Bible. Let's get real about this. Amen? If the, who, mm, we got to die to self. Let everything be shaken that can be shaken. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Everybody wants the cool stories. Well, Paul got a really cool story there, but it really hurt. <laughs> Amen. And it took a ton of faith. It would take so much faith not to walk out those doors. Like you'd have to hear God's, and then Silas and him be in agreement. They must have looked at each other like, you gotta be kidding me. Is God telling you what he's telling me? Yeah, he said, we gotta stay here. Right? Oh my gosh. That took more faith than anything. It'd be like, and that, was that after what happened to Peter? I'm not sure, but I think that happened after what happened to Peter. So they're like, wait, remember Peter? <laughs> he got out. Paul's like, we're not seeing no angel and Holy Spirit telling me to stay here. Silas is like, me too. And then they, they know that the guy's about to kill himself, the jailer. And they go, hey, we're still here. We're all here. How amazing is God? How, how many know? I want to hear and walk with God and see the creative miracles the way he wants to do them. Amen. I am over trying to have patterns to follow. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. And I am over thinking everything supernatural is God. I want to glorify God. And it doesn't look like some of the stuff we're putting out there that people think it's going to look like. Amen? The same Paul who gets bit by a serpent, poisonous, shakes it off and keeps preaching, ends up getting beaten and put in jail for casting out a demon. Is anybody kind of waking up a little bit that this ride that we're about to go on of the apostolic mature church on her way out for the rapture is going to be a lot different than what everybody's saying. And you could talk to people like Rollin and Heidi Baker who's living a lot of this stuff. Amen? America had better get ready. We have a very, very wicked nation here. And God is asking us to be light and darkness. God is asking us to go into that darkness, just like Paul did, and to preach the truth with signs and wonders and power. And it's not always going to go the way we would pick if we got to pick. Amen? But God is going to get his glory. Amen? God is going to get his glory. These guys would celebrate when they got beat for God. 
the American church, we're trying to come up with every way we possibly can to not have to have that kind of thing happen. Amen? Which makes sense. But it doesn't mean he's not going to give us a sufficient grace that's going to even amaze us. We got to quit trying to avoid everything bad that could happen and just get our eyes on Jesus. Mm. I know, I have so much fun preaching like this when everybody else is saying how great it's about to be. It's like, you can see it can't be that great that fast. Half of our nation is blind, totally blind, totally under seducing spirits and deceived. And we've got to go, led by Holy Spirit, walk in love and see them set free. Oh, he's got so much to do. Help us, Jesus. All right, next week we're going to mainly do deliverance on each of these things, okay? Because this is a lot more than I was thinking. I should have known that. It's always a lot more than I'm thinking. But I, I want to get back to that book for a second. Um, is everybody okay with this? Are you learning? It's kind of, uh, all right. So we're going to deal with familiar spirits. So write this down on your worksheets. We want to break the power of familiar spirits. Next week, you go home and you pray all these things. You go home and you deal with these things. So next week, we're going to have an altar call. And that gives you a week to go and deal with some of this. Amen? Because um, we want to do things real fast. Well, this isn't a five-second thing. Amen? Um, he goes on, Ezekiel twelve twenty four. he says, For there shall be no more, this is the Lord says, There shall be no more vain visions or flattering divinations within the house of Israel. Divination is a form of enchantment or witchcraft. It is a practice that God despises. The spirit of divination mimics true prophecy. Okay. If there's generational curses of witchcraft in your family, if that has gotten into you and say you lost your sound mind or you had family members that people thought were spiritual but they lost their sound minds, this is the spirit you're dealing with. That's why I'm so excited about a few people I've been praying for. And it's not any fault of theirs that they're in a generational curse that got drawn into this mess. Amen? But it doesn't get kind of exciting when God would take me to this book and show me step by step how to get you free. And um, so I'm like, you know, I just don't know. I'm like, gosh, Lord, what are we going to do this? So we, we may have a group of us stay here a little bit late tonight. We'll see. Or next Tuesday for sure. I just don't want the devil to bug people in between. All right. Whew. The spirit of a nation mimics true prophecy. So, okay, what about those people who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast it? And he says, get away from me, you work of iniquity. I don't know you. Okay, that was a spirit of divination operating in those people and they did not know. They did not know. So you have to realize the spirit of divination keeps you from really hearing God. Let me just say this. Mm. So if you see things, this, that, and the other, and you think it's God, you need to renounce it. You want a clean slate and start a real walk with God that's based on who Jesus Christ is. Amen? So when, when this, if you've had anything where they said you, any kind of mental illness, any kind of tormenting thoughts, anything like that, you've got to go after these particular things and get it cleansed, cleansed, cleansed out. Amen? If you had a family member who maybe you loved them, maybe you admired them, whatever, and everybody thought they were so prophetic or so, you cannot be anointed by God and out of your sound mind. Okay? You cannot be living in iniquity and being gifted by God and anointed by God. It's very clear. 
Jesus sees it. It's one of the saddest scriptures. People are going to land in front of him thinking they did all these things. He's going to go away from me. That means you're going to hell. You worker of iniquity. You are still living in the sins of your forefathers. That's mainly what iniquity is. I don't know you. You don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. You have a made up thing in your head. I was talking to somebody this week who, who's, you know, they're in, they're right in the midst of this. I hope they're listening. I'm sure they're mad as anything. But if this makes you mad, then good. Don't you want the real deal? There's so little demonstration of the real deal in the sense of, you know, we need to tell all the stories. We need to tell the hard things we went through. We need to tell where we've made mistakes. We need to tell, so people can get a real idea of what it is to walk with God. Amen? Not just all the great stories of, you know, I haven't even written down <laughs> all the miracles and things we've seen, all the supernatural things, because I've always feel like, uh, don't do that. Don't self-promote that way. Amen? And I don't even tell everybody all the stuff I've been through unless you've been with us a long time. Because this is a real walk in a real world where there's real demons but a really awesome God. Amen? And so it looks like something for real. And, and all this fake stuff, God's got to come in with this apostolic move and blow it away, people. Oh! Nobody has any idea yet what God's about to do. I'm just telling you that what we're seeing is stirring of people getting interested in God. We, we haven't seen anything yet in these outpoints people are claiming. And they are Holy Spirit. I'm not against them. But they're nothing close to what's coming. They're nothing close to what's coming. He's still waiting for people who gets real. A people who are so hungry. God, I want you to reveal yourself as you really are. I don't want to get rich doing this. I don't want, I'm not looking for a bigger building. I'm not looking for a different lifestyle. I just want you. Man, I just want you, God. I just want him. He's going to. I want to be a part of seeing him get his glory. Ho! I just want to be a part of seeing him get his glory. Amen? I'm not, we don't have to hide the stuff we've gone through. Amen? He's faithful even when we're not. Don't confuse it. He's faithful. He's getting to people who know him, y'all. He's getting to people who died everything else and they just want to live for him. Amen. And not in a poor me, but in, I, come on, look at this stuff. These people went to jail after getting beaten. Today's theology would be, well, if you knew God and you're hidden in Christ, they wouldn't be able to beat you. Or, you're just going to suffer and suffer and suffer. They wouldn't go on the other parts. They wouldn't tell you about the great revelations where, you know, he came out of his body and went up to heaven. He can't even tell you the great things he saw and how he had to have a thorn in his flesh because he was getting prideful because of it. They would, it's like, let's look at the whole thing. Let's really look at the whole thing. What was it like for these people who knew God? Because that's what it's going to be like for us when we know God. Or it should be already as we're knowing him. Amen? Whew, we got so much deleting to do. <laughs> we got, we got to quit overcorrecting. 
they overcorrect the suffering and the sanctification doctrines with just part. You know, we got to quit overcorrecting. Everything's going to come together in this place of reality. And guess what? It's going to look like the Bible. But that's okay. Because I've tasted that sufficient grace. I've tasted the grace that could have you see your daughter's body in a coffin, walk out after prophesying over a couple hundred people, look up at the stars, and thank God for such a beautiful night, and call it a wedding. So full of grace that you were so full of joy you thought you were going to burst. That's sufficient grace. I walked in that grace on purpose. I didn't deserve to walk there. I was way ahead of the time. God is going to pour out that kind of grace for this apostolic move that's coming. It's going to be a grace when you walk through the worst of the worst. He is all you need. He takes care of everything and you count it all joy. Whoa! Whoa, I feel this. It's not this happy-go-lucky hi-fi immaturity that's happening now, although God's in a lot of it, so praise God for it. I was asking God today, I said, God, I'm getting so bored. Are you ever going to open the doors? Am I ever going to preach to anybody but the same people, and I love them, but golly, how many times I got to hear this? And he's just like, just do what we're doing. Just keep listening to what your brothers and, and and I'm like, and they keep springing to me. I'm not trying to come against what Holy Spirit's doing, but we got to get real about what's coming. Amen. And not in a oh sad way, and a okay God, I want to have that kind of grace. I want to have the kind of grace that no matter what comes at me, you get the glory. That no matter what happens to me, I seriously, not pretend, count it all joy and would walk through it again. And the whole time knowing, because this is about a kingdom that cannot be shaken. America has not shaken enough yet to want the kingdom of God. The church has not shaken enough yet to want to be free from the spirits of this world. So hang on, keep praying, and let's see where we go. Amen? Amen. But we're going to be ready when we get there. I'll promise you this. Unless Karen and all I get way off track, which I'm believing by God's grace, we won't. When God lets loose of that apostolic outpouring... That's only going to hit churches that are seriously hungry looking for him. That's all going to hit at the same time. It's going to fly through this ceiling. And whoever's here that night will never be the same again. I keep thinking it's a night. It might be a Sunday, but I don't know. It definitely try to come. You'll only be here because you're supposed to be here. Amen. But it's going to happen here. And, and I can't be satisfied with what I'm seeing and I can't call it what it's not. It is the Holy Spirit.
He's drawing people. He's putting his, his name out there. He's trying to draw people in. Amen. But let me tell you something. The whole idea of apostolic outpouring is the power of God like we see in Jesus Christ and we see in the disciples. Right now we're just watching God kind of do some work in the prophetic, not the apostolic. Amen. I'm not against all that. I just see what's coming and I know how old I am. And I'm like, goodness, Lord, we've been working on this my whole life. You know, since I was 33, God, we've been working on this. That's pretty long, God. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm going to see it. You know that old, old lady who knew she was going to see Jesus when he was born? She was going to see the Messiah? Okay, I'm starting to feel like her, all right? <laughs> I've kind of started to feel like her. <laughs> I'm going to see it. I don't know if I'll see the whole conclusion, you know, before he, he does the rapture. But I am going to see it. So we've got to be somewhere within the next 30 years, you guys. Hopefully a lot sooner than that. <laughs> Amen. We've got to get rid of the enchantment and witchcraft. God despises it. We got to get rid of false prophecy, quit listening to it, quit looking for it. It's a counterfeit of true prophetic gift. Divination seeks or obtains knowledge of the future by a source other than the Holy Spirit. When the prophetic is compromised, the spirit of divination is given access. Okay, remember when I was telling anybody about the QMS? The QMS opened the door to divination. And we need to pray for our brothers and sisters who got into that Q stuff online. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But it's a bunch of mess out there. It's really big. A lot. We heard prophet after prophet prophesying the Q dates. It obviously didn't come from the Holy Ghost. So whether they like it or not, a spirit of divination got in. Amen? And we need to pray that they repent of it. They don't have to repent to us. They don't have to apologize to us. They need to want to be free from divination. And when they love to hear me saying this, Karen, I am getting that same anointing back, aren't I? I got that anointing where no matter what, the leaders of the day aren't going to like me. <laughs> I try my best to be nice and fit in. And then God starts giving me this stuff. Yay. Ho. Amen. <laughs> so I'll just put this out there in case anybody listens. Because this does go to about 6,000 people. If you listen to the Q stuff or predicted dates during the 2020 election and so forth, and you thought it had to happen by this date, this date, this date, or this date, you came under a spirit of divination and you need to repent and renounce it so it doesn't get in and cause you confusion later. Amen? Ho! Because people don't realize you open up to this stuff and then it kind of disappears. But somewhere down the road, you've lost your sound mind. You don't know what happened. Or you're hearing something that's not God. That entire Q mess is divination. We need to pray because a lot of these people have been listening to it, especially some of the heroes that right now are coming, to the, um, uh, coming in to say this stuff. So we need to really pray this. We need to pray they hear this and, and um, repent. All right. The Spirit gives an individual ability to maintain accuracy of the gift, but the prophet's character is destroyed, and the person's heart is far from God. That's the counterfeit. The spirit of divination may cause the individual to speak things that are true and accurate from a source that is not the Holy Spirit. As a prophet, it is your responsibility to make sure that the only spirit that has access to your life is the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go into a little detail. How do I make sure that only the Holy Spirit has access to my life? Because you get before God and you say, God, 
please get everything out of my heart that's about anything but really wanting only Jesus Christ as Lord and the Holy Spirit, the true Holy Spirit. So heal every hurt place that makes me want to fit in. Hit everything of selfish. Lord, heal everything about selfish ambition. Heal everything about me being superior. God, heal everything about everything. Amen. You get before God and say, God, help. Get these things out of my heart. Get these selfish ambition out of my heart. Get this critical spirit out of my heart. Get all this out of my heart. Help me. Because I want to only want the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this is my genuine prayer. I only want you. Now you know anything in my heart that doesn't agree with that. Please get it out. Whatever it takes. Have mercy. Be gentle. <laughs> if Cindy calls it out, have her do it nicely. Amen. You see what I'm saying? That you don't just say, well, I only want the Holy Spirit. Everybody thinks they only want the Holy Spirit. I would have thought I only wanted the Holy Spirit when I wanted to also make money while doing ministry. It's not so blatant. I mean, some people are just evil might be that blatant. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't know the hidden things of the heart. You don't know what Satan sowed there. You don't know what generational curses have been there. That's why it's like, when you just like, well, I know that's not me. I already know you're messed up because if you know that's not you, then you're too absolutely sure about something that you're probably wrong about. He says you can't know your heart. He says you can't know the hidden things of the heart. Lord, show me the hidden things of the heart. And when you ask him to show you the hidden things of the heart, get ready to go, oh no. Not like, Okay, show me the hidden things of the heart. I mean, you'll have like, you'll see, anyway, you won't like it. But then you say, okay, let's get these things out. Let's really get these things out. And he will. He will get out bitterness. He will get out self-hatred. He will get out hatred of others. He'll get out racism. He'll get out all these things that Satan's pushing all the buttons right now. Amen? And only he can do it. Oprah cannot do it. Oprah needs to get it done. I'm believing for Oprah to get saved. I am. I'm believing as this stuff starts shaking and stuff starts going around. Because I really think in her is a good heart. Only God could take somebody and put them to such a place of, of, of uh, influence. And then all the people just starts, all those spirits start going after them and after them. Let's just really pray. We need God. We need God to set some of these strong influences for you like he did Trump. Amen. Trump will no choir boy people. You know, he didn't know what Holy Ghost was. He does now. We need more and more and more of people with influence to have encounter with God that's real. We got things to pray. All right. Okay. The woman possessed with the spirit of divination followed Paul and those who were with him. Those that have the spirit of divination, okay, this are often attracted to true prophetic anointing. Spirits of divination like to follow behind true prophets in order to gain power and insight. Those who have this spirit will often interrupt services so their voice can be heard. The damsel that followed Paul could have easily been mistaken as authentic prophetic voice because of the truth she was speaking. It took Paul several days to recognize it. Okay, this, this is what, People with divination or any kind of addiction issue or any of those kind of spiritual things, they love to come to this kind of ministry. 
because the demons want them to. First, they want to try to come in to see if they can mess it up. So far, that hasn't worked out well for them. But then they'll go on, which is happening right now with somebody, and they'll take this kind of teaching and impress people. And they'll have all the right words to sound holy. All the right words to sound like they really care about, you know, they'll have all the right words. I'll be honest, I watch some of these, <clears throat> I'm not criticizing, it's just, you have some sincere people come on the scenes like in worship, and they do real dramatic things, but it's real. And now every worship leader is doing dramatic things. And some of them, you know, don't know God from a hole in the ground. <laughs> I'm just being mean. It's like, I'm glad they're doing nice stuff and being popular and selling CDs or whatever. But there's, I can't even watch it. I'm, I'm not critical. It's like, Lord, thank you. They're singing for you. Thank you. But it's like when they put all that extra in there and you can look at them in the spirit. No, they don't even know God enough to know. So we, we, we see something and then it becomes popular and then we get a familiar spirit about it and then all of a sudden it's not real. I just assume they turn all the lights off for everybody worshiping. We're not supposed to be looking at you and your band. We're supposed to be looking at Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not being critical. I'm just seeing the things, honestly, that God is going to shake. Amen. He's going to, and, and the church is going to go through some suffering to be shaken. And I don't like saying this. Oh, I don't like saying this. Oh, I don't like saying this. Because I'm, I'm not a doomsday person. And I love this nation. And for me personally, it's like, come on church, why can't we do this without having to go through that? Why can't we all just fall in love with him? Amen. But we're just going to see where he goes. Amen. We're going to be light and darkness. And we're going to let him keep working on our hearts. Amen. And he takes care of his. He does. He takes those who let him sanctify them and make them holy. And Satan has no legal right to anything in your life. Then he can't touch anything in your life. Amen. God, even, even when you see in the Old Testament, when you see the, the, the ones who like Daniel all go captivity, they're giving, they're giving higher positions of favor than had they never gone into captivity. Amen? And so it's like, okay, Lord, we're just going to ride this out. Amen? We're just going to ride out this life's journey. In Christ, we're going to run this race. But we want the high calling. Amen? I want the high calling in Christ. I don't want the high calling in celebrity Christian done. Amen? I want the high calling in Christ. Whatever that looks like. And only you know if God's dealt with selfish ambition. Only you know if God's dealt with the issues of the heart. And then he's going to keep doing that. We've got to keep going before him saying, Lord, clean, clean me. Purify my heart. Get these things out. So I know this is going a little long tonight, but I think we need this. I, did. I need to preach this, so yay, I'm having fun. All right. So the python, let me talk about this because some of these we need to go over. Okay, the word python um, is the name of the serpent or the dragon that dwells in the region of P-Y-T-H-O that guarded and protected the oracles. The spirit of python will always guard the spirit of divination and will inflict harm on those who oppose the divination. <laughs> See? 
Okay, confirmation. All right, the spirit of Python. So write this down. You want to go after the spirit of Python. It will guard the spirit of divination. This is one I hadn't seen before. Because if I prayed for you and prayed for you and the thing wouldn't come out, then there's probably a Python spirit that's been assigned to guard the witchcraft, to keep it in, the divination, the false visions, the false seeing, the false hearing, okay? People, this will lead to mental illness. This will, this will lead to what the world will call mental illness, schizophrenia and things like that. Because you're seeing things that aren't really there. We have mental institutions all over. We have people in the streets all over. People who do a lot of drugs and they're seeing things that aren't really there or aren't there as far as the human eye can see. Amen? So we need to deal with this python thing. I didn't know this part. The python is a guard. It says, no, you can't go here. You can't get to this. I'm in charge of keeping you from touching the spirit of witchcraft. Not anymore. Okay, and it tries to inflict harm on those who oppose the one operating in the divination. All right, it's not going to inflict harm on me. Pythons ambush the predators by remaining motionless in a camouflage state until they're able to strike their prey. They kill their prey by the process of constriction, giving so much pressure that it suffocates its prey. So this python spirit is very, very subtle. And it just waits till the perfect time. All of a sudden, your life could have been going okay. Yeah, there's been some issues, this, that, and the other. All of a sudden, now you're diagnosed with schizophrenia. Now, all of a sudden, the doctors say you've lost your sound mind. Well, there was a python spirit that waited. It's been there. But it waited for the right time to really go in and put so much pressure on that you lose your sound mind. Amen? Do you see the layers of this? So we want to unlayer all this. Which we're not going to, so this week you have an assignment. You're going to go home. You're going to renounce all these things. You're going to break the power of all these things. And, and then next week we're going to start off by doing an altar call. And, and I'll have it all ready to break these off corporately. Amen. Ho! And then we're going to line you up. And those who've really seriously gone after God and, and, and you really want to be free and you see some of these things and some of you are just going to get free because God's going to give me the power to set you free. How? Oh. <laughs> it takes the power of God to break through divination the spirit of the python together. Isaiah 44, 25 says, I am the Lord that frustrates the, lo the tokens of the liar and maketh the, div the ones who do diviners mad that turneth wise men backward and maketh their knowledge foolish. The words of the divin diviners, that's when they do witchcraft, cannot stand against the words of God spoken through true prophets. So let's believe that. Let's believe next week. Now if you can go home and talk to you know who and go over these things and they can kind of get some of it, then maybe next week. I'm believing next week and you're going to help me. Yeah, because we got this thing out of you. We're going to believe you guys are going to fast this stuff. You're going to see some of the stuff. I'm not saying anybody has it. Let me say, nobody overnight were diagnosed mentally ill, right? It was a process. So what we're going to do is stop that process any place that it's at. Amen? And then we're going to begin to pray it for our families. You're going to go pray it over your kids. Amen? We live in a world, the whole 2020 bunch of fear and witchcraft that was released was unbelievable on our nation. 
because Satan wants to bring everybody over into this and we're going to break its hold. Amen. I, I'm th my fingers pointing y'all. I haven't done that while well. I feel so much better now that I'm like, Lord, I'm so bored. What are we doing? I'm going to read this book tonight. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. The spirits of divination have crept into the church under guise of current prophetic movements. Those who operate in the spirit give precise word. Okay. we've said that. Um, the spirit of divination is an ambush spirit that seeks to destroy churches, homes, families, and uproot people out of their salvation. Okay, this is the part I want to get to so y'all can go over this too. There's perpetual uncleanness present in the vessel that God has chosen to use. If there is perpetual uncleanness present in the vessel that God has chosen to use, the anointing, the gift, the character can become contaminated. Jesus commonly encountered and addressed unclean spirits throughout his journey in the New Testament. Most people who go into mental illness have an obsession with unclean dreams. They have unclean dreams. They have unclean thoughts. They feel like unclean things are happening to them. All right. This is an unclean spirit. Okay. This is an unclean spirit. See the connections? That's why when I start reading this, I don't, I don't know that he's, I'm thinking about people who've really been diagnosed with schizophrenia and mental illness. And as I'm reading this, it's like, wow, this is layer upon layer how that thing got there. Amen. But there is that they think they're really hearing God. They think they're really walking with God. They think they're really doing great supernatural things for God. And, and then, then they get this, um, it all gets mixed up. They read the wrong kind of stuff and look at the wrong kind of stuff. And witchcraft and all gets in. It can be generational. And then there's a guard, a python that guards it. So you, no matter how many altar calls and things you go through, you don't know to call that out. Amen. So it stays, ho! And then there's an uncleanness, an unclean spirit that's involved that makes that person feel guilty or that the devils are doing something or it gets them into worse delusion. Amen. Um, the only effective weapon against unclean spirits is cleansing through the blood of Jesus. Through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we're given the ability to become cleansed of our sins. The only way that you can ensure that no unclean spirit has access to you is by is by preserving and protecting cleanliness. Maintaining spiritual cleanliness comes from obeying the Lord and allowing him to wash you every day. It means if Satan gives you an unclean dream, you get up, you break the power of it, you don't come in agreement with it, you ask God to forgive you, any pleasure it would give you. See, come on, we, we live in a culture where filthy stuff happens and is called normal by psychiatrists and doctors and counselors. And now it's gone to such extremes. You know, men saying they're women, showing up in, in bathing areas of women. Personally, I don't go any, I don't sit around naked in front of men or women. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if he ain't married to me, <laughs> he's not seeing nothing any age I was. Amen. I'm just saying, who, oh, you got to be ritzy. Who got to sit around? I, anyway. I hate it when you go to those places, you know, the spas or whatever. And you got people sitting around naked. It's like, put your robe on. Get inside your closet. Yeah. Anyhow, some of it's just weird. I'm just sorry. It's just weird, 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 all this strange stuff. Amen? Let's be modest. Amen? I don't care. Mr. thinks he's a woman guy come in and... He ain't going to see me naked, and I'm going to be laughing when he tries to show us him naked and be casting demons out right then and there. Won't that be good when the church can do that? Amen? The devil be scared. We can't go in there. Look who's in there. That's what we got to get to. We are living in a perverted, perverted, completely messed up time. 
and the church is just not ready for it. But we're going to get ready for it, amen? We're going to get ready for it. I feel, I feel like God's transitioning tonight and like what he's really doing here. Y'all are preparing to handle this. We need to, amen? Teachers need to do this. We need to get in. Every school needs to go through. These kids need to be cleansed. The earlier, the better. When your grandkids come over, you need to be seeing some of this stuff and praying some of this stuff. You need to not have fear. Those parents want you babysitting more than they care that you're preaching at their kids. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Whew. Okay. Jesus commonly encountered and addressed unclean spirits throughout his journeys in the New Testament. Unclean spirits have an assignment against mankind. They manifest in four main ways in the lives of people. Okay, listen to this. Unclean spirits release um, subsisting in the earth realm. They, they're here to infect people. The only effective thing is the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood. Okay. Um, one way that unclean spirits manifest your life is through sickness. And it's through, I'm not, I don't have time to go through the scriptures. You can look it up. He, he cast out um, an unclean spirit and infirmity at the same time a lot. Okay. Sickness is so common today that people don't realize it can be the result of unclean spirit crippling their health. And they talks in Luke six seventeen through nineteen. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude multitude of people out of Judea, Jerusalem, from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him. They came to be healed of their disease, and they were vet. Okay, they were vexed with unclean spirits, and then they were healed. The whole multitude sought to touch him for, the, for um, there went virtue out of him and he healed them all. All right. Unclean spirits vex you. What's vexing? Vexing is a demonic attack in your mind. Okay. So unclean spirits can come in and attack your mind and they can begin to attack your health. They basically curse you. Amen. They get in and they vex you. They cause confusion, anxiety, all kinds of strange things. So we got to remember all these, all right? So we need to get rid of unclean spirits. We need to go and plead the blood. We need to renounce uh, any participating with it, anything in our past that was unclean. Amen. Anything that you know you should be ashamed of that is not the original intention of God. Amen. Hmm. We've gotten so far from the original intention of God for the entire Husband and wife thing. Amen. We've gotten so far away from the When you've got people taking stuff. To do things in their 80s and stuff. And chase after young women. People are gotten sick people. We've got a sick world. And we've we got to quit agreeing with the sick world. Amen. We've got to come out of it. Come out of Babylon. We've got to come out. Of, that's what God's going to do. Is to bring his church out. So he can then send her in. He's got to bring her out to send her in. That's where we're going. Okay. So we want to get free from that. If you have sickness that's connected with mental illness, what they would call mental illness or confusion, all these, how many would know Alzheimer's, part, all these kind of things would be connected to this in some ways. Amen? So, so see, this is a really long list of stuff to unravel to get to, instead of just going after infirmity or just going after this. And for those who aren't walking in any of this, praise God, amen? 
But wouldn't it be nice to get completely free? Know you've been Holy Spirit cleansed, amen? And then bring that to your families and know how to pray for your kids and know how to pray for your spouses and grandkids and everybody else, amen? All right. So he goes on, he says, um, verse 18 shows unclean spirits vex the people and manifest themselves through disease and sickness. So we want to break the power of being vexed by an unclean spirit that causes sickness. Write that one down, Missy. We want to break the power of being vexed by unclean spirits that then produce sickness. When the unclean spirits were cast out of the people, we got to cast the unclean spirits out, they were healed. Unclean spirits bring about vexation. Vexation is a state, okay, hear what vexation is. Vexation is a state of strong fear, strong frustration, annoyance, and heaviness. Dang. Man, when I was reading this, I was getting so excited. I am reading somebody's resume here that I've been wanting to help. A couple people, but one specific. I'm Vexation, according to this author, is a state of strong fear, frustration, annoyance or heaviness. Once again, I'm getting this out of one chapter of a book called The Rise of the M-I-C-A-I-A-H, Micaiah, Prophet, A Call to Purity in the Prophetic Ministry um, by Joshua Gills, Giles. Okay, so we can just put that out there. And I really recommend this book. You can get it on Kindle. But anyway, but we're, I'm just, he wrote it so well, I didn't want to have to redo all of it. Um, if you experience constant infirmities, okay, listen to this. If you experience constant infirmities, fear, frustration, and heaviness, it could be a sign that an unclean spirit has gained access to your soul or body. See Acts 5.16. Sickness itself is unclean. When a person is sick, it means there is something within the body that is unclean. It is literally a poison in the body. Prophetic voices that operate in uncleanness can literally spread sickness in the people they minister to. Lay hands on no one lightly. Use discernment. Now let me see, there are some really, just know this, there's going to be real operating in the gifts and the power and the awesome people who love God. Amen? We want to yay that. We don't walk away from that. We've got to get discernment to say, I don't know, you know, don't touch anything unless you know. <clears throat> For example, there was a man, and I'm okay to say Todd Bentley, who was gross. Okay, gross. But he moved in a lot of gifts. And he really had real power at one time. But he got into unfaithfulness to his wife, slept with, with one of the young interns hanging out with him, left his wife, got tattoos all over his body, had a real strong spirit of gluttony, alcohol, drank alcohol, everything. And people still followed him. But if you ever went to his meeting, the worship was anointed because he wasn't the one singing. But the minute he came out, it was demonic. Now, not when I saw him when he was first starting. But people were so following the signs and the wonders. Do you wonder how many of those people who got prayed for or received a word of knowledge from him got sick later? I, we were in there. We, we've been in stuff that's been so unclean that we literally had to run out grieving it was so gross. And most of the church still doesn't see it. We got a lot of cleaning to do. Amen? 
Boy, it's bringing back all those dreams and stuff we had, Karen, from way back. Uh, gotta give me a dream of Karen and I being janitors, <laughs> cleaning up after church services. Mm. All right. All right, our remedy is Matthew 10.1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. As believers and prophets, you have been given authority over unclean spirits. You can rid them from your soul. You have the power to dispel unclean spirits and release healing to your body. Okay, unclean spirits also manifest in perversion. This means by gaining access to one's soul, they can alter it from the original course or state. Perversion, I've said this before. Perversion is a distortion or corruption of what God intended. Unclean spirits seek to pervert and distort the plans of God for your life. The spirits can manifest abnormal sexual behavior. Such spirits have strong lust, homosexuality, sexual obsession, anything of the like. Then he goes on to talk about Revelation 6.13, where the dragon releases a lot of unclean spirits that look like frogs coming out of his mouth. Which means in the last days, one of the big things Satan is going to release is unclean spirits that are going to come out like, like the frogs that took over uh, you know, Egypt in the Pharaoh's time. These in Revelation are going to be poured out on the earth. How many know we are definitely tasting some of that? Amen? How many know right now, how crazy has it gotten? Like in the last... Last year, you know, God put brakes on it for a while and the church did not receive the Cyrus that God sent because of hurt places. And then boom, it's like breaking loose like crazy right now. Amen. It's like frog city. So we need to really get free so we can pray. Now I want you to see something about uncleanness. Um, anyway, um, he talks about frogs. Some of them can change the reproductive system systems to mate with the same sex. It goes against the natural order of things. Many frogs carry toxins that make them unable to um, can eat them. The type of frog determines which form of poison it contains. Frogs' poisons can cause you to hallucinate, have convulsions, and nerve poisons. Alright. So he says you can look at the frogs that God used that word to say all unclean spirits can affect you. Anyway, it talks about hallucinations, irritations, discomfort to your body, convulsions, and nerve poisons. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I don't, can't get into all this. Um, prophets that are infiltrated no longer speak truth but release, release false words. Their prophecies are laced with seducing words of enticement. There is no more power in them. The only way to defeat these unclean spirits and maintain a life that is clean and pure before the Lord is to have the power of Jesus Christ according to Matthew 10.1. When your life is pure, then the enemy has no possible way to gain access. It is impossible for unclean spirits to dwell in vessels that are cleaned and filled with the Spirit of God and His Word. Both together. Okay, unclean spirits can also manifest in uh, being dirty, polluted, filthy. Um, demon spirits love filth. They like to hang around filthy places. If you live in filth and clutter, you probably have an unclean spirit. The normal person cannot stand to be around too much garbage for long. Like I may have, I have one room in my house that can get really messy. But you can ask, my other, rest of my rooms are really good, aren't they? He's like, Miss Cindy, your house is always so clean. I'm like, well, don't go in that room. But, but even that room that's messy, because it's like where my closet and makeup and everything, all my teaching and everything is, I still can't 
I have to clean it once a week. I can't take it. You know, when I come home late and I throw things here and trying to find this and I thought, if you have an unclean spirit, you just leave it. Clutter doesn't bother you. If you have a hoarding thing that might show up out of nowhere, it's probably an unclean spirit. If you can be around, if you can be around mess that you don't want anybody to see, you, have a, you probably have an unclean spirit. Can I get an amen? Oh, some of y'all, I know some of y'all's houses. Some of y'all better see this, hate this, and really. Um, but it's funny, I remember the Lord told me, tell somebody if they'd clean their house, he'd set them free. Because this is what he was going to set you free from. We just didn't know. Unclean spirit is a demonic spirit that's going to come in and pervert your life and get you off the path God had for you. All right. Um. Makes everybody want to go home and clean now. We're selling Windex and vacuum cleaners. All right. If your house is really not clean, it is an indication of a deep problem. It's an issue with your soul. Um, Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. All right. Anyway. Um, God assesses to your spirit and soul so that he might regulate, measure, and estimate to see if you are clean. If the spirit searches your heart to find that you are not clean, then you have the opportunity to humble yourself, repent, and ask forgiveness. And Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Really write that down, Psalms 51.10. An unclean spirit can be manifesting in your life without you knowing it. The book of Proverbs reveals that a wise man seeks to know what is in his heart. It is our responsibility to ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. Um, he goes on, clutter, things lying around, all this is usually an outward sign of an unclean spirit. All right. Okay. He says, oh gosh, if you want to, if an unclean spirits are influencing you, you're likely to see several manifestations. Listen to this. To get rid of them first, you have to remove the unclean spirit from your life by removing the clutter from not only your soul, but your house. If this is something that happens with you, you need to ask God right now, Lord, give me, give me grace to go and tackle this house once and for all. To make it a place that glorifies you. To make it a home. To get rid of the clutter. To get rid of the things I won't get rid of that need to go. We're having a big giveaway, you guys, in October. To get rid of everything that makes that house a place of clutter, especially if your clutter includes trash and old newspapers, stuff like that. Amen? It's so funny, not ha-ha, but a long time ago, there was somebody who really had this issue, and I was praying, and I didn't know why, but the Lord said, tell that person, if they clean their house, I'll set them free. And that person actually got angry for a while. I mean, how easy is that? That's like God saying, hey, go, go, go dip in the water seven times and I'll set you free. Oh, why would God have me do that? Because he's God. He can do it how he wants. Amen? He knows what demons he's attacking. So I encourage you. This is probably why we're not doing the, the thing this week. Go home and start cleaning your house and getting rid of clutter. If you can't get it all done in a week, it shows how bad it is. But at least really start and know you're going to finish the job. I'm not just talking about, some people are, 
you know, crazy with how neat they have to be. I'm talking about you can walk. People can come in and sit down. You know, it's decent. You might, you know, have some stuff, but you know how to put it in a basket or whatever. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. If it's where you would be embarrassed to have a Bible study at your house tomorrow night, you have a problem with your house. Now, let me say this. If your house is a mess and you still don't mind having people over, you still probably have a problem. Amen? People shouldn't sit in your house and feel dirty just by being there. Amen? Amen. Oh, this is so fun. Isn't she fun? She's so fun. Everybody's going along fine till I hit that one. Like, How many want to get free of unclean spirits? When I think about people tell me, I have these dreams and I don't want to have these dreams and I don't know why I have these thoughts and this and that. Well, he's telling one of the reasons could be is you have an unclean spirit and you don't know it because you're not, thank God, given into it, given into it. But it could be something as simple as it's allowed to hang out because you have let it manifest in your home. Amen. Now yeah, you make everybody excited. We will sell Windex at the end of the meeting. All right. Um, Y'all need, need more like um, uh, boxes, right? <laughs> Bring it on over. All right. All right. All right, but let me finish. Okay, there's another type. This one's called evil spirits. It starts, he says, you see it in Genesis. Um, the Hebrew word for good means pleasing and properly functioning. Good carries the concept of functional. When God created, he saw that things were functioning as they should be, and he called them good. Evil means dysfunctional. So an evil spirit causes dysfunction. Something not performing as it should. Okay. Evil spirits know that if they can infiltrate modern day prophetic culture, then they can stop the effectiveness, effectiveness of prophetic ministry. Evil has more than one component. Um, it comes from the Greek word P-O-N-O-S, meaning intense desire. Okay, so evil's going to give you intense desires, lustful desires. You can't, you get focused on one thing, anxiety. Okay, man, when I see how this is related to schizophrenia, it's amazing. But that's when the devil takes this whole package and over time dumps it on somebody. You guys don't know how excited I am about this because I've been praying for years to be able to get people free oh, from, homo, from um, homosexuality. We've done that one, but from um, I haven't done homosexuality. I've set people free from homosexuality just so people don't take that make a little clip out there, okay? Um, and if you have done homosexuality, you can be f free from it and healed, amen? But truthfully, honest to goodness, that's never been even close to one of my issues. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? But, but anyway, um, this evil. So this evil comes from meaning an intense desire I've been wanting to set people free who can no longer, who, who are not in their sound minds that you can't reason with. And I've been asking God, give me the keys, give me the keys, give me the power. Ho! Oh! And I know I haven't gotten there yet. I've done it once or twice, but only, um, it's always supernatural when you do it by God's grace. But see, when I asked the Lord before, why does it take us so long to get to all this? He, because, he says, because you don't understand it. And I said, well, Lord, when you did things, you just did them. He goes, yeah, because I understood it. 
He already knew. He already knew. When he went to pray for somebody who knew every single demon involved, he knew how it got there. He knew everything about him and he got him free like that. And the Lord said, as my church matures, they're going to have this kind of gifting and this kind of mind to Christ and they're going to know these things. We just are going, we're on that, we're in that phase of it getting to the apostolic of learning it all, really learning it all and tearing it apart and just learning it all. But the, there's going to come a time, just like we understand faith and healing and things now, when we're going to understand all this. Amen? And then you can have it faster. And Jesus had full understanding of all these things. Isn't that cool? So for us to get into the kind of freedom and deliverance that's coming in the apostolic, oh, with the power, we have to still understand it, even though they don't. Right now, so few understand it. That's why he says, get understanding. He says, get understanding, amen? All right. <clears throat> All right. I know this is late tonight, but this is worth it. All right. All right. So it means intense desire, which could be great trouble and pain. So devils are going to cause intense desire. To me, that would be an evil, evil spirit. So that would be addictions. It would be addictions that are lustful. Amen. And then great trouble is going to be horrific things happening. Horrible things just happening and pain. And he's saying biblically, and I'm just going by what he says, because he really seems to have an understanding with this. I'm not saying this is the all in all, but can't teach every single thing. Amen. But so when that kind of thing is operating, you have to realize it's an evil spirit. That's why it was an evil spirit that attacked me by attacking my daughter. Amen. That was an evil spirit. So part of this is understanding these spirits. So when we cast them out, we know what we're looking at to cast out. And we don't have to call them all these names everybody makes up. Amen. There's pretty much, the Bible tells you there's only a handful of what demonic spirits are called in scripture. So I think he's done a really good job of kind of labeling these. Um, okay. Anyway, God allows evil spirits. He talks about when people totally turn from God and aren't obeying, obeying him. Um, you see, it's evil spirit that inflict pain and torment. Physical and mental illness that cause major trouble for people is a evil spirit. So you can see with some of these things, my gosh, the devil pounds all these things up. No wonder people don't get free that easy, even when they go to church and get prayed for, you know. Amen? But how many know? I really believe we can unlayer this thing. Oh, I remember when we did that deliverance on you. And we were, it was like 45 minutes and it was lots of different demons. Like Holy Spirit was just showing us what they were, what they were, what they were. And we would think we got to some and then here comes another, there was another one. It was hundreds. And then, and some were bunched together. We didn't have to call them all out by name. But, but that was to set him free from a generational curse of schizophrenia. That was very violent. And, and it was amazing that God what a God. He saw your heart. He saw your desire to be free. And he jumped ahead of anything I was able to. I was like, Lord, I've never done this. I don't have the understanding to set somebody free from insanity. And God's like, and I remember thinking, well, I'll set him free from this, 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 and this. But I don't know how to do this insanity part. And then God's, God's power came on my hand. My hand felt like seven times bigger. It was wild. And it was on. Soon as I touched him to pray, y'all just have no idea. I did not want to do it. It was late at night. And we had like seven people here all hiding and um, waiting to know if they should call the cops or not because it got really wild. 
But man, the minute I thought, why is my hand feeling like it's seven times big? And later he said, man, Miss Cindy, when I looked down, I thought, how big is her hand? It was the hand of the Lord. It was the hand of the Lord. Came and delivered him personally when I didn't have the, really the faith for it or, you know, I was scared of him to be quite honest. Totally scared of him. I mean, I hated every time he walked in, like, oh, geez, he's here. You know, I'm just being honest. But I will tell you this. I was telling somebody, somebody asked me, I said, well, Lord, how come you, I was able to get him free led by you, but somebody else fighting the same kind of thing, I can't. The Lord said, because he did every single thing you told him to that I told you for about nine months. Every single thing. Everything. I mean, get rid of stuff in your house. Do this. We have people watching him. All these things. It wasn't a five. It looked like, oh, wow. He came in in 45 minutes and got a deliverance. No, he had nine, about nine months of having to come and listen when the enemy was tormenting the heck out of him, of not coming and trying to hurt somebody. I mean, it was fasting and doing what the Lord showed him. So sometimes you see somebody show up in a church and you see them look like they got free right away. You don't know. And that pastor who prayed for what it may not have been the one who God's had really ministering to them. Amen? So this is a real deal. These are, this is a real kingdom of darkness and a real kingdom of light. This isn't play. This isn't, ooh, look at me. Amen? This is what is God doing. But I'll tell you what, you need to obey the Holy Spirit. And he, God doesn't owe us a deliverance. Unless we obey him, you can almost pretty much guess it's not happening. Unless you're totally out of your sound mind, you can't obey. All right. Let me finish this real fast. This was the last one. All right. So we saw Saul had an evil spirit. Because if you go in the complete disobedience to God's will, it can open the door for um, an evil spirit. All right. God sent evil spirit to him. Everybody say, well, how, how did that happen with your daughter? Well, truthfully, I had a spirit of greed which opened the way. But the evil spirit was allowed to come when the Lord told me to break the power of this person's words who cursed us. And I got so involved with this money-making scheme, I didn't do it. So because I got out of God's, I disobeyed God. Not, let me see this. I didn't intentionally disobey God. My heart was so drawn to the love of money that it overrode my thinking about what God has showed me. And of course, you know, you're... I'm, I'm not justifying it. I'm, I'm not really thinking something horrible is about to happen because this person came in and said my kids could die like that. Amen? I'm not thinking about witchcraft. I don't even understand all this stuff. That man operated in witchcraft, divination, because of his love for money. So when he came to sell insurance and said, you need insurance for your children, they could die like that. That wasn't prophecy. That was witchcraft. It was a real curse released against my daughter. They weren't meaning that. Amen? They just wanted me to buy their insurance. That's when we got to really watch the motives of salespeople who come to our houses and everything else. And see, Lord told me to boldly take authority over it. And back then, can you believe I wasn't bold? I mean, no, I don't have a problem with boldness now. Amen? And so because I didn't break the power of those words, like boldly, because I got sidetracked because of the love of money. See how Satan was? He seduced me into, oh, and he used the same person to do it. Amen? This stuff is so real. It's about time we all wake up and realize there's a real schemes like all of this behind what we're fighting and then get the wisdom of God to get free. All right, we're down to the last one. Everybody's got to go. Sorry, guys. All right. Okay. The word evil is full of labors, annoyances, hardships, harassment, um, toils, and perils. 
Um, they harass their victims, bringing them into hardships, creating serious and immediate danger for them. Evil spirits bring torment, cause emotional and mental damage to minds. Believers can be bound by evil spirits if access is given through sin or doors of the soul open to them knowingly or unknowingly. If individuals are bound by evil spirits, there's not only a need for deliverance, but healing. Deliverance and healing go hand in hand. And it says a certain, now listen to this, a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of which went seven demons. Here the scriptures reveals that Mary had seven devils cast out of her, but she also had to be healed um, from the evil spirit. The Greek word for heal means to cure and restore to health. Because evil spirits damage the soul, there is need for restoration to take place after an encounter with them. How wild is this, huh? This is really some really lying upon lanes kind of stuff this guy's giving us. So we are going to deal with all these. He goes on to say there's, okay, in the latter times, Timothy 4.1, in the latter times there will be some that will depart from faith and give heed to seducing spirits. Okay, I'm just going to say this fast. Seducing spirits is something that slowly comes in and changes your belief system. It slowly comes in and changes your belief system. This stuff they're trying to do in our nation, this uh, critical race stuff, that's a seducing spirit. A lot of the stuff they've been teaching our kids, pro-communism, it's a seducing spirit. Amen? The same kind of stuff as in the church where people think everybody's saved or, you know, these are all seducing spirits. So seducing spirits, like on an individual basis, will come in and start to make you think you hate God. They'll come in and start to make you question if the word is true. You see what I'm saying? They're very subtle thoughts that just come in and try to change your belief system. All right? And it says actually some in the latter times will depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits. Anyway. Okay. Seducing spirits vex you with their wiles, W-I-L-E-S. Seducing spirits fight your mind in order to deceive and to cause you to believe a lie. How many see this as, ooh, let me tell you what. When we do our, our Friday night prayer, whether it's this week or next week, all of this we got to break off of our nation. Amen. This is exactly what Satan has done to come in and do this. First we got to get free, then we'll do that. Okay, a while, however you say it, W-I-L-E, while. It's a system of interwoven lies. These wiles become active and dangerous, and they are, they are hurled at, you, at your mind like arrows. If the enemy can get you to believe one lie, then he can deceive you with another lie, and connect it to another lie, and connect it to another lie. Seduction of the mind is um, diabolical thoughts and images upon the will, emotion, elect, imagination, and the mind. Well, they are cunning, they plan and scheme to seduce you. They manipulate events and, and situations in order to get a desired reaction out of the victim. They gain access to you, um, to your soul. Okay, he says, Ephesians 6, 11, abolish all of us with these words, put on the whole armor of God. And that's how you stop those. So we're not going to get into that today. We have teaching on that. Um, I think what I just went over, we probably have <laughs> quite a bit to do, huh? How many really know that we're supposed to be doing this? You can really just feel this. This is like deeper than we've been doing on Tuesday nights. Satan probably thought, oh, they're just going to do a little garden thing. And here we are. <laughs> so, um, so, Father, we just come before you. Lord, right now I bind up any devils, any evil spirits, any of these 
demonic things we've talked about tonight. I bind them in the name of Jesus. They cannot torment and operate in people's lives to make them not get here next week. Lord, they cannot cause any injury or serious problems because, Lord, we are here. We've now made aware of them. We don't want them. We come before you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to help us. We ask you to help us to fast and to pray. We help you to ask us to be cleansed. Help us to put on the armor. And Lord, we come with anticipation that this is going to be an awesome week of you healing us. An awesome week of you giving us revelation. An awesome week of getting deliverance. And Father, we thank you that we will be able to come back next week. And those who don't live in the area, Lord, will be able to watch. And Father, we are going to see some freedom. How? In this place like we've never even experienced before. And Lord, we are going to set captives free. So Father, we don't leave here with any thought that the enemy is going to bug us because of this. Because he's bound in Jesus' name. And we believe your word. And we take authority over him now. He has been exposed. And now justice is going to come to him. And the power of God is going to set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Any of this you can go home and do yourself. Praise God, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.